What's up, guys? I'm Jax Hollow. You're listening to The Hook by Jay Scott. It is Jay Scott. It is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Always appreciate you stopping by and giving us a listen. We've got a great interview lined up for you today. But before we get into that, just wanted to introduce, as I always, Pantheon Podcast, the platform of music-related podcasts that the Hook Rocks is on. You can catch some of my friends as well on that platform, like Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice on the Hanging and Banging podcast, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, the legendary DJ, Mistress Carrie, Mac from Ugly American, Ugly Werewolf in, in uh, Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, and Tom and Zeus on Shout Out Loudcast. You can catch them on PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pantheon Pods, as well as you can find the Hook Rocks in all three of those platforms. Just search up the Hook Rocks. You can also find us on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, and Amazon, as well as many others. We're everywhere for you to listen. We've had some great episodes for you recently. We just had the Sam Bam Colton from the band Dorothy, Faster Pussycat, and Butterside, as well as new bands such as The Ravagers, The Warning, Bourbon House, and many others. We also celebrated a three-year anniversary with Stephen Piercy from Rat, as well as the episode with UFOs, Strangers in the Night, our live album review. We have a great interview lined up for you today. We have vocalist, performer. She's got a new album out, and her name is Chez Kane, and she's on the Hook Rocks. What's happening, Chez? Hey, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. As I always mention, I, I really enjoyed the album, listening to the album over the last week or so power zone which is out october 21st and we're going to get into that but we always ask the same first question every time we have a first time guest and that's really what the podcast is all about just like every rock song pulls you in with a hook every rock fan has a moment whether it's a song an album a band or performance that hooked them on rock and roll what was it for you Okay, so what hooked me on to rock and roll was Def Leppard back when I was 13 years old and the radio was on and pour some sugar on me, hit the radio and there was no going back. <laughs> well, that is a big moment because that was a big song back in the day. Um, what what happened next? I mean, you heard that song, it connects with you. Um, 
connected with a lot of people, but when did it become that you wanted to get into performing and singing? So I've been a singer all my life. My mum like tells me all the time, the second I could talk, I was singing. So um, I've grown up in a family of music. My dad's a singer and my sisters went on to sing. They're older than me. And then I followed in their footsteps. My grandparents have been in bands. um, So there was no escape in music. It was bound to happen for me. (laughs) Um, I've always wanted to sing. Um, I've loved loads of different genres of music, but I just strongly remember getting into rock at the age of 13 and just being so inspired by it. And I just, I just got the bug then. It just, just happened like that (laughs) one day listening to a rock song and I got the bug. (laughs) The couple things, you know, when you mentioned Def Leppard, that was a moment where Def Leppard really changed their sound on that album, Hysteria. If you look at the earlier stuff, it was much more close to heavy metal, which was considered heavy metal at the time. And they were part of the new wave of British heavy metal on their early stuff, like on through the night. And then they went into high and dry and pyromania. Pyromania really started to bring out a little bit more of a pop sense that they had, you know, with songs like photograph. And then of course, with Rick Allen having the accident that he had, they were really forced to change their sound. And they came in more with like a, uh, a seventies clam pop with like a T-Rex type of feel. Um, Did you ever, kind of go back and listen to the older stuff and, and, and learn their catalog? Yeah, so I, I ended up getting a few of their albums. And the first album I actually got of theirs was their greatest hits because I was obsessed with Pour Some Sugar On Me. Their greatest hits was just coming out. So I think that's why they were on the radio because that album was coming out then. Um, and then I went on to buy a few more of their albums and High and Dry was one of them. I love that album. Um, yeah, I just I just became a big fan. I don't have every single album of theirs, but I remember having about six or seven <laughs> at the time. So, yeah, I became a big fan. <laughs> and the other thing you mentioned, too, your family has a background of music and performing. Did that always make you feel like this was possible or more of it as being um acceptable in your family because there's a lot of people that you know like to perform and and whatever but you have the parents going you got to go to school you got to do all these things and you know they don't really put an importance on it was there was there more of an importance in your family than than maybe say others oh I think so yeah my parents have always been so supportive in music and they could see that I wanted to follow that path and so did my sisters because both my sisters are singers as well um I have a brother as well who got into the sound and uh technician side of music so he's he's done our sound for us through the years as well um so it's just they've just been so supportive and they let us follow the path we wanted to follow and yeah it, it was it was a nice it was a nice upbringing of music it's <laughs> great as far as Def Leppard, were there any other bands that really influenced you and, and um, you, know, you were attracted to in terms of their music? Oh, so many. <laughs> I could list for, for hours. Um, I'm inspired by lots of different styles of music. Um, obviously, it always goes back to rock for me because that's the music that I always tend to put on, whether it's 80s style to be uplifted or a bit of Alter Bridge for a bit more of a, a serious feel. Um, I'm highly inspired by Alter Bridge as well. Um, I have one of their album artworks tattooed on my back. I'm not a stalker or anything, but I do. <laughs> So, yeah, just lots of different styles of rock. Um, I would say that the Blackbird album was quite inspiring for me by Alter Bridge. And then, obviously, a lot of 80s rock I'm quite influenced by as well. You mentioned, you know, you wanted to sing. 
and you always wanted to sing, but performing is different. Getting up on stage is different. Performing for people is, is different. Was there a performance that you saw that when you see the reaction of the crowd and you see the interaction between the performer and the crowd that really motivated you and really inspired you to want to, you know, perform as well as just not just sing. So the first ever show I went to was Def Leppard. I sound like a rice stalker here. Don't I? <laughs> um, and I just remember seeing them and just being like, I want to do that. That That is just me all over. I want to be up on that stage and I want to be doing exactly what Joe Elliott is doing. He's just insane. So I think that was the start of it. And then obviously I've gone on to see many live acts and live bands and Miles Kennedy is another one that kind of captures me. So sometimes when I go to a gig, um, if I'm literally on the barrier and just staring at the singer, it's because I am captured. I don't move. I don't rock out. I'm just like this. <laughs> staring at them and another artist that I think is phenomenal live is Eric Bronwell formerly of Heat now in Skid Row I think he is absolutely world-class yeah I mean you mentioned you know he he's fantastic Heat's a great band and yeah. Miles Kennedy's a great performer too as well I had the the pleasure of seeing Miles Kennedy in like a 200 people capacity club oh wow and, uh, <laughs> it was it was awesome and he was fantastic. It was on for his last album that he just did. But, um, you know, your music has a very melodic flair to it. It brings you back to the days of Def Leppard. Um, a lot of hooks, um, big, big arrangements and melodies. When you write this music and, you know, it, it's I, music I grew up with, too. I, I, I was, you know, I'm a child of the 80s into the early 90s. And it's refreshing to hear it because it brings back a lot of fun memories. It's fun music. Um, it's, it's very melodic. It's, it's songs that make you feel good because of the, even because of the melodies and because of the arrangements. What, you know, we live in a time though that people don't, people, you know, newer people, younger people, you know, are, are starting to connect with it largely because Motley Crue's movie, The Dirt, and the stadium tour with Def Leppard. So there's the resurgence with that. But when you decided to go into this route, what was the decision made for doing that? So I've been in a band with my sisters for most of my life. Um, we were in a band called Caned, and we were doing more of like the modern side of rock music. But me and my sisters have always been a massive fan of the 80s Um and when Danny Rexon, uh, who I'm working with, the singer of Crazy Licks, contacted me to do this project and put uh, that he had an idea to do because he thought the female rocker of the 80s was missing today and that it kind of got lost throughout the years. And he wanted to try and bring that back a bit. Once he emailed asking me about it, I just knew that it was something that I really wanted to do because I've always been inspired by this style of music. And I think what's helped it recently, unfortunately, is the pandemic because Everybody was so low at that time that they needed that uplifting music because that uplifting music wasn't at the forefront. Uh, music has changed throughout the years. And I felt like everybody was so low that this music is kind of like helping now. So series like Cobra Kai, Stranger Things, uh, they're all helping as well. So it is coming back. I just hope that it keeps going that way because it's, it's great music. It's good fun. And I think we need more fun in our lives. I think that genre of music unfairly gets criticized um 
because the elitists in music always have disapproved of it. They never, they never approved of that music. They always thought it was bubblegum and and whatnot. But what's, what's never talked about is the level of musicianship that those bands and performers had during that time. And they wrote great songs. They wrote fantastic songs, whether it's Def Leppard, whether it's Bon Jovi, whether it's Van Halen, a lot of those bands wrote fantastic music. They knew their instruments very well. The guitar players, the drummers, the bass players, for the most part, were fantastic musicians. And because, you know, the rock critics didn't like it and it didn't give them the inspiration someone like a Springsteen or a Dylan did, they crapped all over it, basically. And when you look back at that music, because I love that music back in the day, it's it's nice to see that people are starting to really appreciate for what it was, because I think it was the last time in music, in rock music, I should say. It's the last time in rock music where it was fun. It was about the entertainment. It was about the the imagery. It was about the whole package all in one. And then it moved on to more serious tone. And not that there's anything wrong with it. I love that stuff too. But for whatever reason... And I and and there's probably multiple reasons why it's never garnered the respect that it deserves. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that as well because music did change. Obviously, grunge became a thing then, and music did get quite serious, which isn't a bad thing because everybody has different emotions. They want to listen to different music depending on what their mood they're in. But I do feel like we are lacking that music that is uplifting, and unfortunately, people with power tend to like. <laughs> say the wrong thing and then people follow suit and I don't think it's very fair so people just need to you know let their hair down and just enjoy it for what it is if you enjoy the music scream about it tell people that you enjoy it don't follow everybody's foot like don't follow what people are saying just do you and enjoy whatever you enjoy yeah, during the pandemic I would hear people talk about oh you know my kids are bummed because they're staying in the house all the time and you know they're getting upset and I would always respond, have you played them Van Halen? Have you, have you, you know, go ahead and play Because no one's in a bad mood when you're listening to Van Halen. I mean, it's, it's just not possible. Yeah, exactly. They just need to, to stick on some good, fun music and just enjoy it. Yes. Well, based on your, your level of popularity for the first album that you did and the number of streams that you have you know, per month with that music, it is something that is attracting people. It is something that people I think are craving, you know, that, that throwback to, like I said, melodies and big hooks. Um, because I think it brings people back to a time where there wasn't a lot of stress. There wasn't a lot of worry. There was always things going on in the world, but for whatever reason, people had this music that would kind of take them away. So I think, I think that's where the connection is. I mean, obviously your songs are great, but I think it's also the the ability for people to have that sense of fun again. Yeah, I really hope so. I hope that it's, uh, I know, I, I hope that people are enjoying it and I hope they will continue to enjoy it. And I hope that more more people out there feel that they can create this music because I love it. I, I think it's a great style of music and I just hope that more people start to help out and push it back to the forefront. <laughs> was there always an intention to do multiple albums or was it because of the success of your debut album that you went ahead and wanted to do Power Zone? So 
we were going to do the first album and see how it went down and how it went. Uh, there was always that thing that we would do more albums, but obviously if people weren't digging it, then maybe we wouldn't have done another album, but they seemed to really like it. And it got me on to straight away working on the second one. So yeah, I think we'll just continue doing what we're doing as long as people are enjoying it. When you think of working with Danny and you, you create this music you know, what is the collaborative process between you two? So he discovered me on YouTube um, a little while back. Uh, he was talking to Frontiers about bringing this female artist back from like the style of the 80s back today because he felt like it was missing the market. Um, and then when he contacted me, the process was he would send me some songs to demo to see if I would fit the project. Um, they were really happy with how everything was sounding because obviously I... I put everything into it because I knew this project was for me. Um, and then they asked me if I wanted to do it and I did. And then the process was, unfortunately, the pandemic hit. We didn't know if we were going to be able to do the album, but I was able to record the vocals at home. He was doing everything else in Sweden and we were sending stuff back and forth and it kind of worked that way, <laughs> thankfully. When you think of that statement, you know, a, a project, you know, female based project with this type of music, as you as we move forward with music, you there are a lot more female fronted bands, all female bands. And yeah. the, the difference between now and then is they've always rocked, but I think they're on equal footing in terms of the respect that they needed. I think there's there was always a a kind of uh, idea back then, well, they're female singer, they're a female band, and maybe they didn't get the attention. But when you think of female artists today, whether it's Hailstorm, whether it's Evanescence, you know, bands that are really leading the charge. I never like to use the term female rock band because I just believe they're a rock band. And they're, 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 and they're all great. You know, this band, The Warning from Mexico is a fantastic band too as well. You know, and you, and you put yourself in that list of, of singers and performers. What's your perspective on the other side? You know, we're, I'm a fan, but for you to be a performer and have this project pretty much designated for you. And now, you know, there's all this, this uh, movement with female bands and, and female artists. Again, what's it like for you to be a part of this? I think it's great. I think there are more, um, I know you don't like the, the term female fronted bands, but there sure. are more of us. Um, and I think we are all getting to that point now where we don't have to say female fronted band. I think we're all being looked at the same. There are still a few people out there that have something to say, but we won't go into that. <laughs> but I think the more of us, the more, you know, the more we enjoy it, the more we just do what we want to do without listening to all that little, like, those little comments because you do get them um I just think the more that you ignore them the more it'll be okay because you just got to do what you do and just enjoy it and it's it's a great thing to be in and Lizzie Hale is absolutely rocking it Evanescence she's absolutely rocking it even like Lita Ford's still going and she's absolutely rocking it we just you just got to ignore people like that Absolutely. So going into this album, you know, you did the first solo album. Was it the same creative process between you two? It was just continuing what you did? Was there any new elements that were brought in? So we thought that it went so well the first way, we kind of continued it in the same way. So we could have got together. But to be honest, doing the vocals here, I'm quite a perfectionist when it comes to um, recording my own vocals. I will 
work very hard until I'm happy with what I've done. So I did all the vocals here again and sent them over to um, Danny in Sweden. And we kind of just went with the same way because why change what went so well the first time? (laughs) For sure. For sure. And when you think of this music from the very first beginnings of it in the 80s to now, imagery was always very important. The look was always very important. What was the decision? Because the videos are out. What was the decision yeah. behind going in more of a provocative direction with your imagery, with the videos? Well, it's, a, it's an image that I've always been inspired by. I've always looked up to all these uh, incredible rock ladies and their image has been insane. So I just feel like I'm growing as an artist and it's going that way because it's what I'm inspired by. Um, not everybody's, it's not going to be to everybody's taste, but I'm loving it. I I think it's empowering and it's just, it's just going that way is how I like it. So, <laughs> When you're creating music, do you have the imagery in, in your head? Do you and Danny kind of discuss what you want to do with the videos or is that more with you or do you have other people that you collaborate with, with doing the videos? So Danny and I just discuss what we feel would work and um, we kind of bounce off each other, bounce ideas off each other. And it, yeah, it's just between me and him. Uh, really um when it came to when I heard Love Gone Wild for the first time I instantly imagined a feel of Cher's look in there and I remember messaging him saying Danny I can just see a video in the style of Cher and it's going to work so well with this song and then he was saying that he hopes that it becomes a single release and then it did and then that vision then we kind of worked it out together and it came to life and I absolutely adore that video and I adore the image and the girls dancing in my video look amazing as well so yeah it does have that what was that song by Cher if I could turn back time type of feel to it yeah (laughs) no I mean she was a fantastic performer and, and um you know, she's, uh, God, I, I can't, you know, she looks great. I mean, she's what, she's got to be almost 80, I think, right? I know. And she's still rocking it. <laughs> she does. I know Joel Holkstra, I think, plays guitar for her on her, on her touring band. Oh, wow. Another Frontiers artist, I believe. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. And I just, I don't know, this image is so empowering. And I just don't understand why not everybody gets it. Like, most people do get it. Some people don't. But, you know. I'm just doing what I want to do and I'm hoping that people will jump on board. If they don't, then it's not for them. And not everybody likes the same thing. So <laughs> that's it's okay. Far- well, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody has their own thing and their own taste. Yeah. And, and um, but as far as performing and, and going during this into live and going on tour, is there any plans to get on the road and, and do a tour with this? Oh, yes, 100%. So with the first album, uh, I was absolutely gutted because I couldn't get out on the road because everybody was locked down. So I haven't done many shows. I've only done a handful. Um, I'm going on tour a week after the album drops. So on the 27th of October, I'm doing a UK tour, uh, 10 dates. And then I'm going to Belgium for a festival, Norway, Sweden for some festivals, doing some shows in Spain. And then I got the Monsters of Rock cruise in the USA. So I'm hoping it's the start of to continue touring and getting out on the road. That's awesome. Have you assembled a band? Is it the people you're going to use on the album or is it a different band that uh, that you're going to have on tour? So all the instruments on the album were actually performed by Danny Rexon, apart from the saxophone. Um, when it comes to my band, then I 
put some guys behind me then for the shows. Uh, at the moment, I've got a UK uh, bunch of guys who are absolutely incredible. But if it comes to gigging over in the States, I might have to adapt my band here and there because uh, I want to be able to tour and do what I can. It's really hard to get over to the States as it is. So I might have to change musicians here and there. Um, but at the moment, I've got the guys in the UK uh, backing me and they're fantastic. I can't wait to hit the road with them. Going back to the album, when Danny's creating this and he's putting this all together and he's writing these songs, how much input do you have in the lyrics into the songs? Are they already done? And it's just you putting your vocals to the to the tracks. So he writes all the songs I have been offered to help writing. I did give it a go, um, but I don't tend to write this style of music as well as Danny does. I write slightly different. If you listen to the stuff that I've done with my sisters in Kane, I kind of write that kind of style of music um, a bit better. So I've kind of said to him, do you know what? You're doing a fantastic job. I'm not touching this. It's perfect. <laughs> so I just sing what he writes and um, I just don't feel like I've had to say anything. He's just so tuned into it. When you think of going from caned into this and you're basically performing, you're more of a performer and a singer. How do you connect with the music that Danny's put together? I mean, because it's important for a vocalist to have that emotion and connection to the songs they're singing. Yeah. So I've always connected to this style of music anyway. So being a massive fan of this style, it always stems back to the eighties for me because it's the first music that got me into rock. And he just touched on that kind of style straight away. And I instantly had that connection. It just took me straight back to when I listened to Def Leppard for the first time. Um, so I'm always going to have that connection with how he writes. He's absolutely incredible at writing it. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's just a happen naturally. And I do feel a connection there. When you go from your band to this project, the next question I have, you know, you're more involved, obviously, with Kane and, and a lot of different facets of the music. You know, here you have you're collaborating with somebody. What is the difference emotionally, mentally going into something like this? Obviously, you love the music and you connect with the music and it's fun, but it, it it's a different approach, I would imagine, than what you do with the band Kane. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, with Kane, I write with my two sisters and Harry, the guitarist, who is actually playing guitar for me at the moment as well. Um, so the, the four of us would brainstorm and write and, you know, do all that process. But with this uh, this side of project, I'm not doing that. I'm just singing the songs, but I love changing it up. So it's nice to sing someone else's songs as well. So um, I just love every experience when it comes to music. Um, I love trying different projects. I love, I've done some collaborations with um, Jim Peterick and um, Ginevra. I've done a collaboration with Tony Hernando where they've written the stuff as well. It's just nice to see um, how, how it's done and singing different people's songs is nice because it's a challenge for me as well, because, you know, you get to learn how your voice comes out on these people's songs as well. So I just like changing it up. It's fun. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's important to note, too, that you may not be writing the lyrics, but you still have to fulfill a vision that the writer has, right? And it's it's an interesting connection when you have your when you're collaborating with someone, they have they have how it sounds in their head and you have, you know, they they've picked you to kind of you know, hear what they're hearing or do what they're hearing, which is a very interesting dynamic to recording music. 
Yeah, I agree. But it's fun because it's a bit of a challenge for me as well. And anyone who knows me knows I like challenge. <laughs> so is there is there a next step with, you know, is there, a, you know, a third album planned? Is this, you know, still a wait and see project and see how this goes? I think there'll be another album. I hope there will be anyway. So we'll see how this album goes. And then I don't know how quickly it will be, whether it'll be as quick as we, what we've done this time round. But I'm hoping there will be. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of when you did the first album, you were unable to tour, as you mentioned. So there probably would have been a longer window of you not doing another album. But because you didn't tour and because of the pandemic, obviously, you know, you had the ability to put out something within two years, which is what happened with this, which you're still able to grab an audience with in today's day and age as a very short attention span. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably that. Yeah, because obviously everybody was still, uh, we didn't know what was going on. So I think the best thing for me to do then was the second album because I couldn't get out on the road. So yeah, it might be a longer gap this time. Who knows? But to be honest, I love creating music. So we'll see. <laughs> Chaz, it's been an enjoyable conversation. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, good luck with the new album. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been great to meet you. That's Chez Kane. Get her album, Power Zone, out October 21st on Frontier Records. You'll be able to get the physical copy on the website, and it'll be streaming everywhere. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Take care of each other, stay safe, and we will talk soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.